Hi, and welcome to the Well-Read Mom podcast, where we talk about why reading and friendship matter for women and how to make space in our lives for it. I'm Marcy Stockman, an author, speaker, and founder of Well-Read Mom. My passion is to help women read more and read well, and also to encourage us to make time for leisure, friendship, and literature. To view our book lists or join a group near you, visit wellreadmom.com. Okay, so we're back to continue this discussion on the times we're living and sort of embracing these times, uh, using these days to live the essential, to live, live our faith more deeply. And Liz Kelly and my daughter Beth Nelson are here. And Beth, can you start us out with your question? Oh, um, okay, Liz, at the beginning of the, the first podcast, you were saying about how there are times when Jesus experiences real anger and there's a purpose in that. And then the times of real fear, like the garden in Gethsemane. Um, And to look at, I think you said something like why that is happening or why he's allowed Mm -hmm. to experience it. And I guess I just wondered if you could speak more to that. Like, what are we supposed to see I mean, I, I sometimes feel like we can't see a meaning to this right now, but what, how do we stay in front of the real fear that's in front of us or, or why, I guess? Mm. Um, I think it's important to remember that as Christians who receive the sacraments, <laughs> we are given a new set of eyes. So we are called to see the invisible and visible. (laughs) When we look at the host, we see a little bit of bread. And yet we know, we trust by faith, by eyes of faith, that all of Christ and all his power is concentrated in this little piece of bread that we see. We know it's more than that. Um. And so we need to be very conscious about putting on our eyes of faith that we see the chaos, we see the virus, we see the economy, we see these very real things, but that God is operating in everything. He has not withdrawn his hand from our lives. In fact, in moments of suffering, we're told that he's even more available to us. The grace is even more. Um, Stinnison says something very interesting that addresses this. He says, beautiful thoughts and theories often remain in our heads and do not change our lives. They are not our most important teachers. He goes on, he says, we're influenced by events. Hmm. I'll repeat that. We are influenced by events. In Hebrew, the term for word and event is the same. So in Hebrew, word and event, the term is the same. God speaks through events. When he speaks through his son, the greatest event in history takes place, the incarnation. So every event is a word of God to us. He is in everything that happens. I'm going to repeat that last line. Every event 
is a word of God to us. He is in everything that happens. Hmm. I live in God's presence when I accept what happens as a message from him without rebelling against it. I'm aware he's continually working to form and sculpt me. Um, you know, really the only thing necessary is a yes to that, letting God create me. So uh, one of the, I think one of the things that has been helping me in my own frustrations in this last weeks, uh, these last few weeks is just saying, uh, when I feel myself getting tensed up and frustrated, just saying, yes, God, I want you to shape me. I want to collaborate with you shaping me through this event, just like you shaped all of reality through the event of the incarnation. <laughs> and I know that sounds like a big word, but or, or a big thought, uh, but seeing it the way that Stinnison has expressed it has really helped me. And he's so right. I'm not changed by theories. I'm changed by events. I'm in changed by real encounters and real relationships. Uh, and this is an opportunity to allow this event to shape me, uh, to allow God to create me more and more through this event. And that's exactly what's happening in Gethsemane. Jesus is allowing God to create him, to perfect him through this event. And what happens? He becomes all powerful. You know. So Liz, and if oh if he had if he hadn't allowed, I mean, you know, we're talking about the Son of God, but if he hadn't allowed that experience of Gethsemane. I mean, what if he just <laughs> avoided it? I mean, maybe it's a silly question, but I just, I no, feel like I there's a tension between just ignoring things and being like, I'm just going to muscle through this mm -hmm. quarantine mm -hmm. or, or like allowing it to pass over, you know, really. Yep. Right. make an impression on me. I now, know. I think that that's a very important question because Jesus, in fact, does offer that as an option. If this cup could pass, yeah, <laughs> I'd really be happy about that. You know, I, I mean, if this cup could pass, but not my will be yours, but not my will be done, but yours be done. So we can ask the same question, Lord, if you'd be I'd be really grateful if you would allow me not to get the coronavirus or my loved ones to not get the coronavirus. That's just an example. But not my will, but yours be done. That's a completely legitimate prayer to pray because God himself prayed it. Jesus himself prayed it. But I think we need to understand the difference between a kind of stubborn... Um, a kind of stubborn willfulness and perseverance. Now, this is the difference. Perseverance, Christian perseverance, is according to uh, Father John Wickham, it's this. It's the graced ability to continue giving one's deepest heart. I'll repeat that. Perseverance is the graced ability to continue giving my deepest heart. 
So Jesus at Gethsemane is not saying, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to tough my way through this, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. No, he is giving the deepest part of his heart to the Father. He's saying, let this cup pass, but if not, I still give you full prominence, provident, provident, provenance over my territory, the territory of my heart. I still give you full authority over my heart. The deepest part of my heart, I will continue to give and to love you. Um, so I think there's, uh, I, I think we tend to think of our Gethsemane moment, our walk to Calvary, our crosses as this white knuckled, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be determined. I'm never going to give up, never going to give up, never going to give up. And that's flawed because it turns all the attention back on me. Rather, we want to practice perseverance in the way that Jesus practices it which doesn't have anything to do with my being determined. It has to do with my being generous. That is, I continue to give the deepest part of my heart. Now note, Wickham says this is a grace stability. Perseverance is a grace stability. All the virtues are graced abilities given to us. So I want to pray to receive that. You know, I want to pray constantly. I want to constantly be asking to receive these graced abilities, these graced virtues. I think the key to the saints was not so much their determination. It was their capacity to receive. And the Blessed Mother teaches this. In the moment at the Annunciation, she receives not, not a smidgen of grace, not a touch of grace, not just a dip, not just a dabble, not a drip, a fullness, a fullness of grace. These days, I th think, I believe, are an opportunity to teach us about receiving more grace, receiving more virtue. I don't create virtue on my own. I don't practice it on my own it is a grace ability given to me by god the saints exhibit heroic virtue because they first exhibit heroic receptivity a heroic capacity to receive tremendous amounts of grace now it's it's kind of funny because the more grace i receive it's almost like the more painful things become you know it's like um uh, you know, St. Teresa with the, the arrow of gold going through her heart. She's, you know, this piercing, terrible pain, and yet it's the most exquisite. Uh, so there is this paradoxical tension. I need to receive more grace when things are worse. <laughs> I need to see, receive more grace uh, when I'm really in the dumps. Um, but that's precisely the point jesus is available to give us an abundance of fullness and i think i manage these days better and with more virtue when i am able to receive and ask for more grace jesus is able to go to calvary uh 
not out of sheer human determination um, or a perfection of his willfulness or as much as, again, this graced ability to continue giving the deepest, most important parts of his heart to the Father. And we see all that is achieved in that, the resurrection, uh, the redemption, the mediation for all of us into eternity. Um, so uh, does that help? Uh, Liz, yes, that is helpful. And I was wondering if you could speak to, or in thinking about these days, uh, right now for Well Read Mom, during Lent, we're reading uh, Revelations of Divine Love by oh, Julian of Norwich. Yeah, she yeah. Through the time of the, the Black Plague. Sure. Probably lost her husband, probably had several children. And yet she writes, All shall be well, and all shall be well, and mm -hmm. all manner of things shall be well. Mm -hmm. And I, I think we have a chance. This, what you're talking about receiving is also part of the mission at Law Redmond because we talk about leisure, we talk about self care which is really about receiving so that we can not run from our vocations but enter into them more with this giving um, okay. you know bath when you gave Catherine a bath um, or the kids a bath and she recognized um, i guess that was the last podcast but anyway she recognized uh, the sacrifice and and the care uh, so can can we can we discuss like the importance of self-care for women at this time uh, either people are either women are on the front lines right uh, a lot of a lot of women are out there um, in sacrificial situations in healthcare, in in all kinds of ways yeah others others are we're at home and sometimes being at home you feel like what am i doing um i can understand what my husband's doing but how am I participating in this? Or what can I do to participate more in uh, this, in, in something concrete, which I know I know is prayer, but can, can we talk about uh, self-care during this time? Mm -hmm. uh, Liz, do you wanna start and then Beth? Sure, well, I think, well, first to your question about, you know, how can I participate? What am I doing? Um, I think just obeying our, government <laughs> suggestions mm -hmm. is huge, you know, taking those to heart, following the guidance of the leaders that were given and just praying for their wisdom and in, in leadership. Um, and again, being faithful to and um, uh, the daily tiny little duties. Um, uh, and I think especially for, for, for women well, and men who are now home with kids and trying to maybe work from home and other things. I mean, again, you know, this is an opportunity to pay attention to the human person. Um, in terms of self-care, uh, you know, I think I'm taking a vacation from doing my hair and wearing any makeup. I don't do that very much, very often anymore anyway. Uh, but there's a, a certain way that, you know, we can kind of take a break from that and live as though we're cloistered 
what's important to the cloister? You know, prayer, quiet, simplicity, simplicity in daily life, simplicity in activities. Um, uh, you know, what, what takes place in the cloister every day? The daily office, you get up, you do your duties, you're, you know, I think if we can think about those of us who are at home and not on the front lines, um, that being attentive to our daily little cloister is supporting those on the front lines. JP2 has this great line about how, you know, he really thinks that the women in cloisters praying, praying, praying for the world, keep the world spinning. You know, <laughs> they're not out even in the world. They're not even out doing uh, a different things, but they're, they're completely hidden. And yet that hiddenness is incredibly powerful. The faithfulness to that hiddenness is incredibly powerful and efficacious in the world. So no, I'm not on the front lines. I'm not wearing a hazmat suit and directly involved with people who have coronavirus. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I am not supporting the effort in the way uh, that I am called to. You know, I'm not called to do that. I'm not a doctor. Um, Thank you, Liz. Beth, how are you? What would you say about self-care during these days? Um, when your breakfast dishes are still there when your lunch dishes appear and they're still there folks from yesterday <laughs> <laughs> that's why i'm in my car <laughs> um, i feel like um the thing i've been seeing is i have a huge desire to live the days well and like self-care in the way of having silence and prayer and time to like take in, you know, what's being given to us. I have a huge desire to live those things and have, you know, like you were just saying, Liz, like a monastic uh, life in a way in these days. But um, I, I see it falling. I see it not being given to me, I guess, in a lot of moments. So even like yesterday, there was a moment where the friend finally called and we were ready to say, the Angelus together, you know, this like beautiful idea. And that was one of the times that my son ran away. So I hear them praying the Angelus and I'm just running down the street shouting <laughs> after. And I was like, well, okay, Lord, you know, I'm trying here. And I, I feel like something I'm learning really slowly and recently is that that's a moment that I could offer that suffering. I mean, that's a little suffering, but I have an idea of what would be a beautiful way to live even this quarantine and when it's not living up to that offering offering even the silence I don't have or the the rule of prayer that's crumbling in a lot of moments um but anyway I I, I guess I I'm thankful for my heart not being content with just kind of sliding into doesn't matter um like self-care i don't know i don't self-care is a confusing word to me but i mean like i'm trying to shower <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 but i i'm not but i think yeah. i guess i think of self-care for myself as like my need for silence and prayer yeah. and some order in our lives and i'm i'm striving for that and when it doesn't happen 
giving that as as part of an offering. Beth, I bet you're still reading. I'm reading a ton. See? <laughs> I'm I knew loving it. it. I knew it. I know. It's like the harder your life is, the more you find you you work reading in. It's just such a I know. It's a it's a way you receive, I think. You've always been that way. Yeah. It's, well, it's a it chance a little... to it's a chance to get really creative too. I just think about how um I, I've been streaming the mass or seeing uh you know, priests out in the parking lots of their churches with the Blessed Sacrament having a holy hour where, where all the participants are, are quarantined in their cars. You know, it's like this is an opportunity for us to become very creative about how we uh, continue to receive the grace of God, you know, and you running down the street. I think that's an, that's an excellent example. It makes me think of, uh, you know, there was a a monk and he's in his monastery and he's getting ready for his holy hour and he's been looking forward to it all day and there's a knock at the monastery door and there's someone who needs um uh, uh, uh medical help and he was a medic um and or maybe even a surgeon in in vietnam or something like that i can't remember the story exactly but so He's working on this person. He's the only person in the monastery who can offer this particular medical help. And um, he's grumbling the whole time saying, I'm missing my holy hour. I'm missing my time with, alone with Jesus. And, you know, it's almost like God breaks into his thoughts and says, you big fat dummy, you know, this is your holy hour. You are tending to me. You're tending to me right now. So you running down the street, that's only something you could do, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, there there is a a way that you are tending exactly to the thing that you're supposed to be tending to. Obviously, God doesn't want you praying the Angelus if your son is running out in traffic. You know, mm -hmm. you're not going to say, "All right, Lord, I was busy praying the Angelus and getting my silent time, and when my son ran out and got hit by a car, you know, mm -hmm. I, ridiculous." So. Um, you know, he's, he's not removed from our, our dailiness either. You know, he's not removed from that. And he knows what you need, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and he's infinitely creative in the ways that he can provide that. Infinitely creative. You know, I love the priests who are hearing confessions in the parking lot. You know, people mm -hmm. driving up and they're sitting on a chair with their mittens and their hats on. And, you know, he's infinitely creative. Um, and we can tap into that creativity. I, I wanted to bring up, uh, like I've been thinking about proposing to the family so that the days, the days can sort of seem all the same. You know, oh, you wake up in the morning and think, oh, another day of this, you know? And so celebrating Sunday, like mm -hmm. I wrote it down, how are we going to celebrate Sunday? And I, I put it like by the coffee pot so everybody sees it. <laughs> and so we can start to think about how can Sunday be different? We're still going to be at home. Um, but I want to have, I want it to be something that's delightful, something we look forward to celebrating Sunday. Mm -hmm. And any, any ideas there, uh, Liz or Beth? There's actually a website, um, Father Joseph Johnson, uh, he has sort of taken up the, this time as exactly a moment to reclaim the Sabbath. Mm 
and he has a whole website on this with a whole bunch of really wonderful ideas about how to do that. And I can send you the links. You can yes, post it. We will post that. That's beautiful. Beth, how about you? Uh, I'm going to be checking out that website. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yesterday was Friday and Lent and I was not serving meat. And everyone's like, why aren't we eating meat? I was like, guys, it's Friday. No one, no. I mean, the days do feel like a blur. So I feel, I feel you there. I would, I, I, I would, a distinction of the days and the celebration of Sunday would really be a gift. Especially in these times. I mean, I'm excited to not do the Lenten penance on Sunday. That feels like a clear <laughs> gift. You know, I'm, I'm having a glass know. of wine, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I do think that because, you know, the rosary is constantly going on an EWTN channel. The adoration is constantly going on another channel. The mass is constantly going on another channel. I mean, in a way... It's like we can continue to practice all of those things. And it was funny, my mom and dad, you know, are 91, 86, you know, they're totally on lockdown. And mom said, you know, going to mass, watching it on television is some of the best masses she's ever had because there are no distractions and that she can concentrate in a way that she can't concentrate um, when she's actually in a physical, uh, in a physical church. And so for her, it's been an enhancement, you know, and I think when we all do go back to mass and we will go back to mass together as a community, eventually, we're going to have such a profound appreciation for the real presence, you know, having been denied it. It's like, I almost can't wait to see what God's going to do with all of this deprivation that we're experiencing. Um, you know, it's not going to fall fallow. He's not just allowing it for no reason. He's got some grand thing in mind for us. Um, we can trust no, in that. I, I agree, Liz. I, uh, we have a, we have something on our website with uh, Liz um, Lankin on her name right now, the art historian. Love, Liz Love. Liz Love, right? And she talks about art during the time of Julian of Norwich, which was what came, what art was came forth after the Black Plague. People were hungering for beauty mm -hmm. and people were, uh, people needed it. They needed beauty after that time of deprivation mm -hmm. and loss. Mm -hmm. I think we're gonna see that because I'm thinking already, I'm thinking, okay, if we can't have this big, huge party at Easter, let's celebrate Pentecost. I can't wait for a big party. And usually mm -hmm. I'm one to, I think more like, these are things I have to do. Mm -hmm. But to have a longing to want to mm -hmm. hug my, I mean, just to really yeah. be together and, and celebrate, I think we're, we're going to see an experience of communal life yeah. that's rich in grace. Yeah, I heard, uh, you know, one of the politicians who's in a city that's very hard hit, and he was talking about how, you know, I really think that this is going to change us. It's going to change us as a country. It's going to change us as a world. And I think, good, we need that. <laughs> right. I need that. I need all kinds of, you know, revision and refinement. Um, so I do think it's an opportunity to reorder our attachments, you know. Yes, I agree. Well, any, any final words, Beth? or Liz, before we wrap this session up? 
I, I would just encourage, uh, I just want to encourage everyone listening that uh, God has his eyes on you. He, he's fixed on you. He, he knows exactly what you're going through. He is intimately available to you in it. There are times when we don't feel that visceral presence, but and we're called upon to enact faith that he is there. You know, he is there in the invisible. He's there in the Eucharist. He, he is there in our families. He's there in one another. He's there in all of creation. He is in everything that exists. He's in every event. And that he is absolutely lovingly present in this event he is 100 percent. he was no he was not absent from uh jesus's agony in the garden and he is not absent from you in whatever your agony might be in all of this be confident in that and lean on that uh run run with arms wide open to receive a fullness of grace in that Beth final word thank you no that's beautiful it's just it's a so there's something so soothing about what you're just saying Liz like you know to trust his plan in this and rest in that I feel like that allows my heart to rest if I know he's you know, he's got it. So yeah. thanks for that beautiful reminder. Well, ladies, thank you so much uh, for being with us today. Maybe we'll continue this discussion at another point. And until then, we, we begin again, right? Mm -hmm. we, we go back and we start again and again and again. So uh, God bless you. And thanks everyone for joining us. All right. Peace be with you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to become a part of this movement to read more and read well, it's not too late. Visit us online at Well Read Mom and happy reading.